Welcome guys to Tysonversation 11. And today we're joined with Yad Mohammed. Thanks for joining us, yep. man. That was my first go at pronouncing your name, actually. Um, did I get it right? That was amazing, dude. It's an <laughs> honor to be here, too. Thanks so. for joining, man. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, I know Yard from Instagram with all the insane strength skills that you put up on there. But could you just give us like a brief background of what you do? Because there might actually be some things I'm not aware, like where you started uh, and what your main kind of training is. All right, that's a, that's a good point. Um, so basically, I so some background. I'm also a medicine student, uh, and that's uh, I chose medicine because of sports because I love sports and in particular gymnastics and calisthenics slash bodyweight fitness slash street workout, whatever it goes by nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do that. Uh, I started off just doing, um, so I saw a guy doing a 90 degrees pushups on, yeah. uh, YouTube. His name was Geoff Craft. Oh, okay. Uh, Mine he, was, um, B-Boy Jr. was kind of like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's the first person. A little bit. <laughs> he, he is, right? Now that I yeah. know more about it, um, his forms kind of like waned in terms of my <laughs> opinion on how solid it is. It's still impressive. But um, it is. yeah, you learn a bit and then you go back and you're like, oh, he was elbow levering maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also had polio, I think, and his legs uh, therefore were much, 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 much lighter, I think. Something like that. Really? Uh, yeah, you should ch check his leans. His leans are around, uh, around belly button, I think. Wow. So a full planche for him would be a tuck planche for you. Yeah, I, well, I remember when I looked into him a little bit more, seeing how small his lower body was. I had no idea that was from a disease. I think it was. It's the same thing like with B-Boy Pivot. It's going to be awkward if you're wrong thing. now, man. <laughs> He's a healthy man. <laughs> He's an, I'm pretty sure it's right because I looked it up and the, the physics don't add up. So. Oh, damn. So, so, so yeah. But anyway, I, I, I saw a video of this guy doing 90 degrees push-up. I had never done any sports by then. I was 14. Hmm. I was always playing games on the computer, and then I was like, you know what? Screw it. Goku can do it. This guy can do it. Let's go. So uh, I practiced by doing a lot of random stuff that I learned from YouTube. So this was you were going of... on YouTube searching calisthenics type stuff or yeah, gymnastics? Yeah, yeah. Just, or like, just a combo of body weight? I just typed in planche tutorial and 90 degrees push-up tutorial. Yeah. That's what I did. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And so I followed that and eventually i got to gymnastic bodies i learned a lot there and then that broke down and then i uh, had a coach his name is joshua naderman and he taught me everything strength related so everything i can do now is pretty much because of him and uh and now i, I can do pretty cool things like the night degrees push-ups are fairly easy now plant full planches i have i've had full multis also on the rings wow uh, i've done victorian on rings uh, Damn. Yeah, I'm just going through. I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know, bluffing. Not bluffing, <laughs> but I'm kind of, you know, showing my skills off. I don't uh, know if I did... I've seen the Victorian. That's on Insta. Uh, there's a video. Yeah, it's an Insta. It's a, there's a video of me doing a Victorian for two seconds. Uh, and then afterwards, I get super frustrated that it wasn't longer. So I continue the combo by going to a full planche on rings, lowering down to an iron cross, lowering down to a front lever, back to an iron cross. Because wow. I was frustrated. I was like, fuck, man. I want, <laughs> I want that. I want a Victorian. 
That's crazy, yeah. man, to then be able to combo I was, those other skills into it. I was really happy with that, but that was honestly just rage. Well, <laughs> so, that, that can be a really good motivator sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean... Some of the strength skills, like the high up strength skills for me, when I'm psyching myself up to do it, sometimes it's not uh, like a motivation excitement. It's an anger I try to channel to get it out. Like I you're pissed you. off with the skill. Uh, I feel you. That's planche. That's planche all the way. Always yeah. falling in your head. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Like, why would you go somewhere negative to to do it? As it's as if like you have to act like the skill has wronged you or something. That's that's a very good point. I I don't know why we do that. All we all I know is that when we are angry, and we've learned this also in in other media, like for example, anime. Um, angry people are just stronger. Yeah. For some reason, we just get that boost, and it's... so, yeah, maybe we correlate to that. We're like, oh, I want to be stronger, so let's get angry at this. Let's let's try to project anger towards this thing that doesn't even have emotions. It's just there. Maybe it has something to do with the fight or flight response. Because if you're say if you were in a fight or something, and you mm-hmm. were. I would assume anger could be part of that. Adrenaline gets released because it's either you're going to fight or flight. And the adrenaline definitely makes you stronger, makes you be able to do things that you didn't think you'd be able to do. So maybe it's like an innate, a primal thing in our head trying to release more adrenaline. That's an interesting point, but it also brings up the question like the fight and flight thing is for survival. So you decide, I want to... so. in, on that equation, both sides is basically survival. You can either fight this thing and survive, or you can flight and survive. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know if that innate like um, instinct of us is there for anger. So anger is really interesting. Do we have anger within the animal kingdom? Probably do. I think mm. it's just anger is like a weird thing if you think about it. It does not have a purpose. Yeah. It's pride-related only. It's a more complex emotion. So probably some primates have it in addition to yeah, humans. I think so. Chimpanzees, gorillas, maybe. I think lions might also have them because, you know, they're uh, establishing that I'm the boss here, bro. Yeah. And then if someone doesn't ex- respect that, he's like, oh, oh, did you just go there, bro? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can look pretty pissed off as well. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting that you were just saying that a lot of the skills that you've had or achieved were um, mm, you had a coach mm-hmm. for them. Because in the calisthenics world, it's highly assumed that people are self-taught because it's calisthenics has been around for so long. But this type of wave of calisthenics that we have at the moment in street workout, the choreographed dancing and stuff, and then comboing it into planching and things like that is a bit like a more new world type of mm-hmm. how would you say uh, uh gr- groups of people that kind of class of people i don't know exactly how to class it but that group there's a new wave of popularity was calisthenics and it's assumed that people teach themselves and then display that so it's interesting to hear you someone i associate coming from that world had a coach for it how did that come about how did you meet them and can you give us a bit of an insight into how they would program for it? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so I think I think that world you talk about, they I think they referred them to themselves as street workout. Yeah, I think because uh, there's the WCWSF thing, World World Federation of Calisthenics and Street Workout, something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they they made it a sport now. So it's a whole thing where you have points and stuff. I actually judge for one in the Netherlands, the national championships. I judge for that. Okay. Um. But yeah. But anyway, just going back to to uh how i got that coach basically he was a moderator on gymnastic bodies he was very well respected back then he still is and uh once the forum broke up i um sent him a message on facebook thanking him for all his free info that he basically gave out on on the forum Mm. it's like yo dude that's amazing because of you i'm now where i wanted to be and i have new goals and so he was like you know what dude i'm gonna coach you i was like what what do you mean? You're like a god. That's what I thought back then. I was 16, I think, 17, something like that. So this guy was an idol to me. And then he, he decided to randomly coach me. And uh, the first few years were basically uh, uh, me having to gain mass. Because he said, you're a skinny bastard. You need to gain mass. How, how much were so, you weighing and how tall were you? Oh, so I'm, I haven't changed in height from 14 till 22, which yeah. I am now. Yeah. Uh, so I was one sixty-seven. So that's five, five six. Okay. I think in the in the feet, whatever your system, the bat system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so and I was fifty-one or two kilo. Okay. So that's yeah. like so one ten pounds. You wanted for strength to help with the strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was light. So yeah. now I'm sixty-five, which isn't that much either. I'm still on the skinny side. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a very small frame too. So. But if you but, were 16, you would have still been growing into your body as well. If you're, Did you say you're 22 at the moment? Yeah, I'm 22 now. I'd say even now you're still growing into your body. I'd say up to 25, yeah, there'll yeah. still be some changes. There there will be, but it's not very significant. It's very small. But yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. But it's also I, I the past few years have been very different training than the first three years of my calisthenics career, if you will. Yeah. Um, because in the beginning I did what everyone did the statics the tuck planche to advanced tuck the shell planche to full planche you know the the good old stuff the classic now, planche progressions yeah yeah the classics yeah uh, some people get a full planche like that but they're very talented yeah you know they're just genetically often freaks and uh, if they don't end up getting injured which is another like thing they have to get through um, you know they get there finally but the most people actually don't get there with only doing that. Um, and so that's kind of what he taught me with his programming. His program, programming was, yo, we need to get you big. So you know powerlifting, right? You've done powerlifting uh, in the past, I think. Or it was Olympic lifting. Um, I mainly did Olympic lifting, but I have dabbled. A, I dabbled a little bit in powerlifting before I transitioned okay, to okay. Olympic lifting. Well, it's the same thing with Olympic lifting. Olympic lifting is actually more similar to calisthenics than powerlifting is. So... What Olympic lifters do, and they're really smart because this has been studied very well in the past and still is still being studied. They have mesocycles. Uh, a mesocycle is a, a period of time where you have a certain goal in your training and you try to achieve that. That goal can be uh, mass. Uh, it can be strength. It can be skill. It can be power. It can be whatever you want it to be. But mm-hmm. it's one of those goals. So they have this... Uh, so they have a macro cycle and a macro cycle consists out of mesocycles. A macro cycle is like six to 12 months of, uh, of pre-laid out training. Yep. 
usually it revolves around the competition because they have competitions yearly, yeah. annually. And so um, what they do, and that's it's really smart, um, they start off doing very early in that macro cycle with the first mesocycle, they start off doing mass training. They're trying to get bigger. And, you know, that's pretty logical. Bigger muscles means more output. As simple as that. The the actual formula is cross-sectional muscle area f- times uh, neuroadaptation. That's that's your strength output. So you can decide, do I work on neuroadaptation? Neuroadaptation being skill work, you know, uh, becoming better at the movement. Yeah. Or become bigger. That's cross-sectional muscle area. So what do you do in the beginning? You get bigger because that's the easiest thing to do. Uh, they, they start off doing very a specific work. Uh, with a specific work, I mean... So for Olympic lifting, you have cleaning jerks and you have snatches, right? Yeah. The, those are the two main lifts. Everything around that is not specific to the sport. So what they do is they do bodybuilding training in the beginning. They do curls. They do dips, maybe maybe bench press. Maybe they have squats in there, high bar, low bar, whatever. And they do that for a, like three three months or something, okay? They yeah. get big. They get jacked. And then eventually they reach what we call a strength cycle. They start getting more specific in this period. They start to eliminate the isolation movements, such as the bicep curls, the triceps extension, whatever. And they start to be doing uh, like par- accessory work. Like I'm talking about uh, only the clean part of a clean jerk. Uh, maybe this, this, the, the first part of a snatch or a snatch deadlift, you know, or a clean deadlift. Yep. They're totally different. So they do that. And eventually, once they're near competition, they 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 uh, get very specific. They practice their cleaning jerk to the next level. They practice the snatches to the next level, and they start tapering, and they start peaking. Uh, peaking meaning they get to their maximal strength output. You know, basically the strongest they can be ever uh, during that period. Yeah. They do that by reducing volume in their training, uh, and the reason why they do that is because you're less fatigued when you reduce volume. Uh, volume being, of course, the amount of training you do, like the amount of reps and uh, sets and everything. Yep. So they do less of that, and they do more specific stuff with a higher intensity. And eventually, a week before the workout, uh, before the competition, they do. do most of them don't even do anything at all. Um, and then the competition uh, arrives, and they fucking destroy it. That's that's basically Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. Now, this principle, the principle that I just explained can be applied to every single sport. And if you look at every older sport, baseball, uh, football, uh, and I'm talking about soccer for the Americans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's see. Uh, well, basically every sport. Every sport there is applies these principles. Um, in, in it, ha- it has been implied in the past 50 years. So before that, it wasn't that popular. That's why the baseball people used to be fat, but now they're super jacked. I don't know if you noticed that, but it used to be very fat. <laughs> yeah, I don't follow baseball much, but every time it's mentioned or you see pictures of them, they're all jacked. And I'm thinking... Now they are. Yeah, I'm thinking all you're doing is hitting the ball and then jogging in a circle. And yeah. you are freaking jacked for that. But that's what I'm saying. They're doing the mass cycles first, so they hit the gym. Then they do the strength cycle. The strength cycle for them being specific work. And then they peak out. And that's that's the this when they do competitions, mm. and so every every well developed sport does that. Sprinting too, you see these guys with a huge upper body. They don't only have a small up, uh, like a, a big uh, lower body. They, their upper bodies are huge too because mm. they work out. Mm. And so, 
calisthenics and gymnastics were one of those sports that didn't really do that. Uh, it was really outdated in that sense. Why? Probably because of lack of money. There's just not a, a lot of money involved in gymnastics and not at all in calisthenics. Yeah. It's very un uneducated. So anyway, I started doing the same thing. So that's basically my programming. My programming was I did a mass cycle, then I did a strength cycle, and then I did a skill cycle. Skill cycle being practicing planches, front levers, one-up chin-ups, Victorians, Maltesers, everything like that. Right. And that's and kind of the gist of what we do. And was this over, uh, say, a six-month period or a 12-month period that you did this, um, mm -hmm. that more isolation, then more strength, then more skill? Did it happen over the course of how much time? Well, I was so skinny so that I had to do multiple years of mass only first. So I lost a lot of skills. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't planche anymore. I uh, had trouble doing handstand push-ups. My front levers were weak. Everything was bad because I was gaining weight and I wasn't. I hadn't. I was so fatigued from the training. I did not have time to keep up with my other movements. And this was kind so of viewed as a sacrifice so that when yes. you put on more size and came back, you would get those skills back and then some. Yeah, so a okay. lot of people were like, well, bro, you're being an idiot, bro. You're like, you're getting bigger, but you need to be small for calisthenics. And I was like, no, 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 you just wait. At this point, I wasn't sure if, if the coach was really, you know, shit or, or he was just really good. <laughs> so eventually, like after two years, I was like, dude, I have to see. Can I planch still? Because I'm so weak now. He's like, okay, you know what? I think it's time. Here's the skill cycle. He wrote that out for me. I did it. Within six weeks, I had broken every PR I ever set for myself wow. by a lot at a much higher body weight. Wow. So I was like five to eight kilos heavier. I was doing seven one-on pull-ups. My front lever, I didn't even practice that shit. I had a 40 plus second front lever hold. Oh my uh, God. How much were you training bro, legs? Uh, not much, I'll admit. Not at all, actually, I think. I, I think I did in the beginning, but then he told me, don't do that. So when you put <laughs> on said, size, it was yeah. like was a whole yeah. body you were putting on size or was it maybe a bit uh, specific to putting on upper body mass? It was specific to upper body because that was our sport. So of course, yeah. He, so I wanted to do low body because I actually really enjoyed lower body training, yeah. unlike a lot of people. I <clears throat> do enjoy it, but then he was like, no, don't do that. If you want to become the best, you can't do that. I was like, fuck, you're right. That's <laughs> true. If it's you look true, at man. every gymnast, yeah, it's true. every good uh, ring specialist doesn't have legs. It's mm. just how it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I had to live up with that, live with that. And I was like, you know what? When I become 30, I'll train legs. And for now, I'll just try to peak in my sport, try to how, become the best. How are your um, proportions in terms of the length? Of, do you have quite long arms in proportion yes. to your body? Because that's something that I felt like i noticed on you but yeah, i was under the assumption that the perfect uh person for say let's just look at steel rings uh because mm -hmm. that's so difficult to master calisthenics strength skills on the perfect person for that is short with short mm -hmm. limbs and decent uh bulk or muscle on them uh, but I've noticed another category of person that seems to really excel with these calisthenic strength skills is a bit taller, more slender, um, and longer arms, which surprised me. And you seem to fit that category. Yeah, yeah. So the longer arms doesn't help with a lot of movements, such as Iron Cross. It's just basic physics. The yeah. the, the arm gets longer, and then you know life sucks. <laughs> That's how it is. Yeah. Uh, preach. But, preach. <laughs> Yeah, it is how it is. But um, 
I seem to notice that. So so it should have we should have a disadvantage in everything basically upper body wise, um, but for some reason I'm, I'm still excelling at some movements like a front lever. That could be because maybe my because long people pro might have a have a better lat insertion. Yeah, could be. We don't know. Maybe that's a correlation because monkeys used to have long arms. Maybe we're just you know a bit closer to the monkeys for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I do notice there's a few people that have quite long limbs or they're tall people anyway say um mm -hmm. they're not calisthenic strength specialists but yeah people like uh tom merrick the bodyweight warrior or daniel Vagnell, yeah, yeah, yeah. fitness faqs they mm -hmm. um are bigger people but can still seem to get those skills <laughs> like a front lever despite having yeah. such long limbs i mean they're going to struggle with something like iron cross incredibly um but the mm -hmm. front lever doesn't seem to be as much which uh, I thought was interesting. And you're saying about that well, insertion point for the lat and stuff. Those long types yeah, are yeah, also yeah, good yeah. at things like deadlifts. So I wonder if it's got something to do with that. Well, long arms and deadlifts go along very well. Yeah. Uh, if your arms are really long, you basically have much, much, much less range of motion. Mm. So I used to be pretty good at deadlift because I just it was a lockout for me. Mm. That's all it was. <laughs> you know, I just grabbed the bar and lockout. That's all it was for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. So, okay. So and and bench sucks. Bench pressing sucks. Oh. Cuz the range of motion it. is so so long. Yeah. It's yeah, like it's, a year. Like a, it's like it's, it's, it's almost like not being able to compare. You see some people that have the shortest arms and such a massive arch in their back and you compare yeah. it to your own bench press. And you're like, "Man, that's barely the same exercise." Like ours yes. ours goes on a journey. Like our barbell goes on a journey when it goes up and down. Theirs is kind of just yeah, like walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's also, I think, something that a lot of people are missing when they're when they're coaching beginners, etc., who have longer arms. They expect them to have the same range of motion. They're like, you got to touch the chest, bro. But if you think about it, do they, though? Do they mm. really have to get that much range of motion? Because the other guys isn't. The other guys aren't. So why would he have to do that? And most of the time, you're more inclined to have an injury when you have that much range of motion. It's not even a good idea to do that. Uh, that's why people arch, yeah. <laughs> you know, to reduce that range of motion as much as possible because it's not comfortable down there. It's not comfortable at all. Have you done much bench press in your own training? Uh, so I was injured for the past four months or five months. And so the only thing I could practice was bench press. Oh, okay. So I had to uh, refrain from everything, everything else. And uh, bench pressing, I started learning. Uh, bench pressing is really hard for me, uh, also technique-wise, because uh, gymnastics is so different pushing-wise. Yeah. In gymnastics, pushing, the, your scaps move freely when you push. You know? Yeah. When you go down in a push-up and you go back up again... You go from retraction to protraction again. And yeah. so with bench press, you no, know, it's only full retraction. And I, it took me a very long time to learn that without impinging my shoulders. Oh, and I can okay. finally do it, but it's inconsistent. Okay. So some days I can't bench anymore. And it's it's, so you it's really hard. So you sometimes get impingement from the bench pressing? Yes, I do. I do. Interesting, because so do I. And... It just it seems to be kind of random because I get that whole control with the scaps when I'm doing bench. Mm -hmm. I try to squeeze them together. Uh, but whenever it gets hard, they don't completely kind of splay. 
out, but they definitely don't mm-hmm. hold that form. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. The impingement just comes on every now and then, and I try and do like a bunch of hangs and stuff to kind of reset it, and it does go away eventually. Maybe not that day, but um, yeah, I've found that one-sided? association as well. Yeah, on the left side. Yeah, same. Uh, you know what really helps? Um, doing so, you gotta put your arms against the wall. Uh, in a in a um Cuban rotation style, you know what I mean? Yep. You know what a Cuban rotation art? So yeah, that yeah. end range of motion, put it against the wall, and then try to force even more external rotation. Try to hold that for like ten seconds or maybe thirty even. Yeah. And go back to the bench. You could immediately lose your impingement. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I used to have something that worked really well and it stopped working for me. So I think I'll give that a go. I used to, when it would happen, I'd just get on the ground in push-up position and just do a push-up mm-hmm. full range of motion with really accentuated uh, protraction. And three yeah, yeah, yeah. three reps of that seemed to reset it, but that stopped working at the moment. That, that was going to be my second thing. Uh, slightly different, but what you're doing, you're trying, you're um, you're making sure your traps stay, stay more activated when mm-hmm. you do that push-up. And mm. so when you do that, you your your traps basically start their engines, and then you can you can bench press again uh, much better. So instead of doing that, what helps more is doing lateral delt raises with really light weight for like twenty five reps, yep. and then try to bench press again. That could also fix it. Right. So just and, out and to super, the side. Yeah, yeah. Just, just do 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 some delt raises real fast. Maybe some external rotation work. Yeah. Uh, after that, once you're slightly fatigued, and then go to bench. I'm pretty certain that your the, the impingement should go like immediately. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. try that. I think I've got it at the moment, so uh, I'll give it a go next yeah. time I'm at the gym. Um, so with your where, whereabouts are you at right now? Are you in a strength phase? Are you in a skill phase? Are you still looking for? Because you're being only 22, you must still have a lot of strength goals to go in terms of reaching your athletic peak yeah so uh like i mentioned i was injured really sucked because i was going to go for the world record front lever this year Mm. and Uh, what's the world uh, record so before i got injured it was 53 but now someone broke it it's one minute Ah. (laughs) Uh, it sucks but but uh it's fine it's fine it's you know new challenges just gotta try again later exactly (laughs) but i got injured um because i was we don't really know why it happened, but it's, it might be because of uh, a huge amount of volume that I was doing. I was training like 25 hours a week. This is insane. Oh, damn. I, so, uh, what, two yeah. sessions a day, one long session? So, yeah, often. So, it was like three days, twice a day. And it was like, uh, usually uh, it was strength on that day and then skill on the uh, the latter part of the day. Or actually, I started off with skills and then later on in the day, I did my strength cycle, my strength uh, training. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was, bro, it was crazy. I was, I felt good though. I felt like in ecstasy constantly because I was working out so much. There's, so there's something to that, isn't there? Even though it's massively, you feel like, if, for me, when I'm training or I know I'm training a lot is when I come home and go to bed, I'm just a, like, my body wants the bed. It craves the bed and I go to yeah, sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty quickly. If I'm not training to my max, it's always kind of hard to switch my mind off. But when I'm, you know, training almost every day, smashing it, that's how I know. But there's like a nice feeling to that, to being that fatigued, that exhausted, knowing you've done work. And also food feels much better. Oh, 
Like yeah. when you eat food, when you're so fatigued, it's, I get this anger inside of me, but it's not anger. It's more excitement. It's like, yes, <laughs> I need this. I need this for my, for my muscles. It's <laughs> literally how I eat. <laughs> is, and is this talking like when you're training like that, are you eating whatever? Or have you got kind of a oh, set diet bro, later? I ha- well, it's, I just do, if it fits your macros, I just need... I need I needed for four k calories, bro. At mm. least at my height and body weight, that's insane. Like, that is a I lot. Needed four thousand calories. That, yes, I needed it, or I would lo- lose weight. That was basically it. Wow. That was the, that was the issue. I was like, I had to eat, and you can't do that with just eating rice and chicken, bro. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. Yeah. So I had to eat everything I saw, and I was fine. I felt great. It yeah, because you're using it. Yes, yeah. it felt so good. But anyway, I got injured eventually. Like, you know, I I didn't expect it because I felt so amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, there was no pain, nothing, but it just happened. So I couldn't. I was so injured I couldn't uh, do pull up safely. So I had to do like twenty kilo lap pull downs. I felt so emasculated. Oh. <laughs> it's like, imagine I had done like in that same week seventy kilo pull up, like uh, added to me. And it was like uh, RP7 for like one rep. It was like, oh, so easy. It was like, awesome. But I'm not going to add weight. I got to stay safe. <laughs> but then I got injured afterwards. What was the injury? Then, um, around the tears minor area. Yeah. It, it could be anything because there's so many attachment points there. Yeah. Um, but there was just pain there. And the pain would not go away. So I had to back off. And was it, it a forever. pain that developed? Or was yes. it something that happened just immediately if, in it, some kind of exercise that you were doing? No, no, no. It felt like soreness throughout the week. So I was like, ah, I'm just sore because I'm balling. I'm killing it. Yeah. So, but then, <laughs> but then it, 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 that wasn't the reason. It just, it just didn't go away. It got worse, worse, and worse. And eventually, it started even hurting with bodyweight pull-ups. I was like, what is going on, body? Mm. And so, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna skip pull-ups. It's all good. I'm just going to continue with, my, with the rest of my workout. And then over at press started hurting. I was like, what are you talking about? And then and I couldn't even do five kilo over at press, like with dumbbells. I was like, what is going on, body? You've given up on me. And so I took a month off, no training at all. It's like, you know, just rest, fuck yep. it. And it didn't help. Was it, it basically sedentary? You mean like you weren't doing anything? No. Uh, maybe maybe every now and then I did a push up because okay. I was getting I was losing my mind maybe yeah <laughs> um but yeah but then eventually I I I went to physios doctors whatever nobody knew what it was but everything seemed to help a little bit and a, a little bit but it didn't afterwards it didn't help anymore and then eventually my coach was like yo I think you had an injury but now it's psychological and I was looking at him I was like what are you talking about That's, that doesn't make sense to me because the pain is real mm. but then then we went through the process where like the pain didn't make sense it, there was no real pattern even even doing a bicep pose like a double bicep pose hurt my injury spot yeah and so I was like that doesn't make sense and then the pain also had strange patterns. Like sometimes it would hurt with some movement. Sometimes it wouldn't at all. Like there were periods where I could suddenly do 10 handsome pushups in a row with no pain. And then two days later, holding something up like a cup of coffee hurt. Whoa. You know, or before that. So it made no sense. And that, and then he told me, yo, I think you just had psychological pain. 
just bite through it. Don't do not even interpret the pain. Instead, use other uh, other ways of measuring if whether you're injured. I was like, what? Like what? It was talking about performance. Performance is a very way, a good way to see if you're getting injured or not. Uh, speed, technique, stuff like that. And so I stopped using pain as my um, as a way to check whether I I'm doing something wrong. I just I just look at the movement. Am I stable? Am I making gains? Is everything going well? Yeah, yeah, it is going well. And the pain started fading away because I ignored it. Wow. And so. It still appears every now and then. Every now and then, it just comes back. It's like I'm just holding a cup of coffee, a cup of coffee, boom, break. I'm like, nah, fuck you. I'm not gonna fall for that. Does it ever <laughs> and, come and back gonna... with intense movements? Because obviously, it, holding the yes. coffee is such a minor movement. Does it come back with? Yeah, intense yeah. Inc- movement incline too? bench. Sometimes the incline bench is like, ah, it hurts. Yeah. Should I stop? No, I'm not gonna stop because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. And then and then uh, overhead press. Sometimes it hurts, and then sometimes it doesn't hurt. Pull up sometimes hurts, and then it doesn't. It doesn't progress. So, so it's fine. If it hurts, would you a process be for you to get out your camera and then film it and see if you can see any kind of technical breakdown that's occurring, or not anymore? Not anymore. It used to be, but now I can feel my body. I'm like, I can. See, when, I don't know. You probably have this too. If you've been working out for a long time and you've been recording almost every set since you started out. Yeah. You start to get a 3D view of your body once you're doing the workout. Yeah. I've, do you have that, like, that next level proprioception? I definitely like feel doing, like uh, I understand my body a lot better than the average person because I spend so much time on it. Um, he, but there are also still some things I need to record, of course. obviously. Yeah, to yeah, of course. To analyze but technique, but yeah. Let's say you're doing a bench press. What do you see when you bench press? I don't... Like, I... Obviously, I keep my eyes open, but at the same time, I see more than just the bar going down and up. Mm. Like I feel, I look like I have like this 3D envision of my body, my scaps retracted. I can see that the bar path is going well, and if it's not, I can also feel that. Yeah, it's like I, I I talked about this with a few other athletes that also film themselves, and they have the same thing. And it's interesting to see some people just don't have that at all. They're like, yeah. where should I look? Where should I look? Like, what? Yeah, I, I don't f- even know. It must come from one being open to the fact that you might suck so you're constantly mm-hmm. analyzing yourself to be sh- to see if there's anything to fix or not and two i also mm-hmm. feel like it's just time training if you spend enough time training yes. you start to understand like is this pain just doms from a workout i did the other day is this <clears throat> injury is this just tightness yes uh, yes. yeah i just feel over time you develop that so one, it would yeah, be you develop a, a sense. amazing if everyone had that. But two, you also kind of have to cut people some slack if they're just starting out and they're not on that level of, of understanding course. as you are. It's but so I valuable like people to who have. Film, yeah, but I feel like also people who film themselves just have a better proprioception. This is much better than the average athlete. Yeah, because you're getting that feedback. Oh, that felt You're getting shit. feedback constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look felt at it shit, on camera. Felt shit, look like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it works really well. It's it was interesting. Uh, how hard is it to do what you do and then go to say a physiotherapist or a doctor and try to explain it? It's so it's so hard to me for me doing Olympic lifting or gymnastics and having some kind of injury that's probably to do with the sport and trying to explain yeah. it to just the common physiotherapist. Uh, 
I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like a almost a disadvantage because you know they don't understand entirely what's yeah. happening there. They they're not going. Oh, Yard does a lot of calisthenics, so he's doing a lot of he's pulling all the time. Or maybe oh, he's told me he's working plants, so he's actually doing a lot of pushing. And like they don't have that further <clears throat> understanding to help. So you feel like you can only take their advice with a grain of salt in terms yeah. of doing the um, the rehab that they've prescribed because I've felt the exact same thing. I've done what they've prescribed and felt like it's helped somewhat but also felt like I reached the extent to what it can do for me after not maybe like a couple of weeks or something and then it's, well, it's still not fixed. I think they just might have thought I had a tighter glute than usual which is what all their old clients and average people yes. have that don't train as much so it can be quite difficult to get specific help don't you think it is it is and well so i'm, I'm very fortunate to have a medical background and i it's fortunate that i learned these things so often i just go there with the diagnostics already <laughs> in mind and i'm like oh, yo shit, it's either this muscle back. or this muscle just do it <laughs> <laughs> that's what i did for the first physio because i knew he didn't know anything about uh so I, 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 he just learned the dry needling stuff and stuff like that and he, he, he so eventually you know what we were doing hmm. we were i was laying down and i was like try here try here he was dry needling me it was like we just went all all the muscles we just t touched them all it's like try here maybe here maybe here. <laughs> that's literally what we we're doing because i noticed that was what he was doing with every meeting, he was just trying a new muscle. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just trying every muscle of this meeting. It's just experimenting. <laughs> yeah, let's try this one. Try this one. And I just looked. Like, I didn't, I didn't care anymore. I just looked. But yeah, yeah, that's what I did with the first one. And then I got to a uh, pretty good physio who v surprised me. It was like so smart. I was like, holy shit. And he did some calisthenics in the past. So that was uh, really good. So they had a bit so, of an understanding. Yeah, yeah, so he understood me a bit, and then that he what he did helped enormously, but like I said, because the pain didn't have any patterns, it just came back after a week. Ah, uh, okay. It's like that was another another hint for it being psychological. When I thought it was fixed, it felt fixed, and then it would come back. Ah, uh, okay. Like every remedy worked for a day or two. This one worked for a week, but uh, yeah. So but what you're right. It's. It's very hard to uh, physiotherapist and explain what you have when they don't have any. I, I just gave up on them. I just try to do it myself. And then you, like in the past, it has always worked except for this injury. This is the only injury I could not fix on my own. Yeah, that's it's why it's so important to have that s ability to self-diagnose or to understand your body because yeah, 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 doing yeah. these kind of things, the professionals are not always going to be able to help because they don't have that understanding of specifically what it's causing they can't if they're just a doctor that might go for a run or a physio that might play football or soccer on the weekend they're not going to understand how much stress is going through your knee when you're squatting and snatching and clean and jerking like every second or they think day. it's too much yeah exactly you should squat bro it's bad for you <laughs> don't let the knees pass the toes okay and um just, oh, just that stretch hurts so often just stretch the itb Oh jeez! Yeah. <laughs> like uh, no, it's it's fine. I can I can go beyond. It's fine. <laughs> so what? Uh, like, I find that really interesting. The um, imagining the pain, 
because I've had a lower back injury for a while now, and oh, okay. I, th I think it has some patterns, uh, but it also tends to come and go. And a lot of the things you were saying about your uh, terrace minor injury are similar to similar <clears throat> mm -hmm. things to how I felt with my back. So what were the, are there like, say, two or three things that you use to measure whether something might be in your head instead of actually a physical injury because i imagine for anyone that does have something where it's in the mind is going to be in denial when they initially hear yes. this type of concept because it hurts you can't den i can't deny that it hurts that's physical so how can it be mental so what now yeah. that you've kind of gone through that process are a couple of things that are maybe red flags to that this might be something to consider is coming from just in your head? So that's a very good question. And it's one of the questions that, so the, the, what I'm, the, the pain thing that I'm describing now, it's actually a fairly new concept that has been coming up in the literature. Yeah. And it's being studied by people who are way more, way more smarter about this than me. I, I'm not that smart. I don't know much about this, uh, but there are people who actually study this really well. I think Barbell Medicine, for example, talk about this a lot. I don't know if you know them. Um, no, I don't think that's familiar. <laughs> no, but it, they seem to talk about that a lot from what I've heard. Um, but so we're still in a process, like the, 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 uh, the science community is still in a process of finding out how and why and, we don't know yet how, when, how many red flags there are. So that's why this was also a very scary journey for me at the mm. same time. Yeah. Um, so I can say a few things about it. People who are prone to be anxious will have this more often. Yeah. Uh, paranoid athletes will have this too, which is kind of the same, anxiety and paranoid. Yeah. And um, experienced athletes have this and athletes that have had a lot of injuries in the past. Okay. Those people to, are to the same area or it. just injuries in general? Injuries in general because okay. they overanalyze. They yeah. have pain. They know what it did to them in the past. And then they're like, fuck, no, no, I'm not going to go that through that again. Yeah. Um, so, but lower back. So you, you have a lower back thing. Lower back is complicated because lower back could be just real pain, but it could also be the, the thing that I just talked about. Yeah. And with lower back, what often helps regardless whether it's physical or mental is fixing it like f just doing overall lower back fixing things um because even if it wasn't a physical thing your body will f still think oh you fixed it so cool whereas yeah. i never had that i never had a real fix for my entire minor uh, part um <clears throat> but for um for your lower back, you should be looking into McGill stuff. Have you, have you heard of uh, Dr. McGill? No. Oh, bro. I just fixed your lower back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look into uh, McGill and Squat University. Do you know them? Nope. Okay, so Squat University basically has an article on how to fix lower back using McGill's stuff. Okay. Is McGill M-I-G-U-E-L? So, yes. Yeah. Wait, wait, did you see... Wait, M C G I L L. Did I? What did you say? M I G U E L. No, oh, M C G I L L. I'm just gonna type it out for you. 
How do you pronounce sure. it? McGill. McGill. Um, McGill. Like McDonald's. McDonald's. Yes, my bro. McGill. Okay. I thought you were yeah. saying like Miguel. Yeah, and check it from Squat University. Squat, Squat University. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. This. Yeah, and they have very good stuff. They're really smart. Because I remember, but, uh, um, do you know Johnny Candido? He was a YouTuber uh, that, was that does powerlifting. Had the big eyebrows. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember him. Let me just quickly Google him. This is Candido Training. HQ. You have like intros like that. He uh, was a powerlifter and he took a break from training for a while and then revealed he had a significant lower back issue. And he made a video uh -huh. about his comeback. From oh, yeah, that. I remember him. And I'm pretty sure from memory that included... Uh, do they re say referred pain? <clears throat> or is there a term for when it's possibly in your head to describe people that think nocebo. they're Nocebo. They called it nocebo effect. Nocebo. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think he was talking well, a little bit about that as well. I mean, I think he had a legit yeah. back injury, but I so digress. The, it's the biopsychosocial part of the uh, the pain. So just the biomechanical part that's often explored, especially by my, uh, McGill. McGill really explores that part. But the biopsychosocial part is now getting a lot of attention. Uh, okay. So how you interpret pain, what is pain, and... Uh, yeah, pain is interesting because pain is is an interpretation, whereas nocebo is the actual you know stimuli that comes into your brain from your nerves. Yep. And so I'm not, I don't, I'm not again, I'm not very, I'm not an expert in this area. There's there's people who are way more qualified than I am to talk about this, but there, it's it's a whole thing going on right now. It's very exciting. Wow. So. I've written that down. I can put that in the notes as well for people to refer to as Squat University. Um, yeah. So where are you at now with the injury? Are you back training properly? Because you've been uh, putting up some... You've been <clears throat> hitting a few milestones lately um, yeah. with the front lever, right? Yeah, and well, the front lever is... And handstand push-ups. So handstand push-ups are stronger than ever. Yeah. So I, that one is I'm at my prime with, so I'm really happy with that. Um Front lever, I'm at 33 seconds, so I still have a lot to go before I'm back on level. Okay. <clears throat> but it's really good. 33, I'm really happy with. For a world <coughs> record, some... is there, how much discretion is there with the angle? Uh, I think they've gotten pretty good at it. But I uh, mean, would they count like gymnastics. it? But I mean, would they count it if you were, say, 10 degrees lower? So it's not official. There's not a, a Guinness World Record yet. Okay. That's... No, no one went. I, I don't think anyone went to them and asked, "Yo, can you just check this?" I could technically do it now, but everyone would like laugh at me and be like, "Huh, what are you talking about? Is this guy who can do one minute?" <laughs> but I'm not gonna. So I'm just I'm gonna try to first, you know, beat that one. Okay. And then try. So it's kind of um, who is it? Just amongst the calisthenics forums and stuff it is yeah, it's acknowledged or acknowledged yes yeah. okay got you yeah yeah so we just saw this guy and was, he did a one minute and it was it was a legit i was like a oh, fuck yeah this guy I, when i saw it i hoped it wasn't it's like no let it not be one minute please yeah that's secret and then i saw uh, it failed, and i was like maybe. oh it is one minute uh well i mean you can go through guinness world records in terms of it's got that 
legitimateness, if that's a word. True, uh, but I don't want to be a general bitch. public. But um, yeah. enjoy the process, man, because I've uh, I've done it yeah, with a few one. things, and it's a fucking nightmare to deal with uh, Guinness unless you are paying them a large amount of money for them to send their adjudicators over. And, uh, really? It's yeah. that big? Of a... Well, here's, here was my experience is you have to convince them that it's a record, that it's a legit thing that would be cool to have as a record because there were a few that I put forward to them and they are rejected. And then on the other side, you look at their YouTube channel or open up their book and there's world records for fastest time to smash a grand piano with a There's sledgehammer. A, I was about I was so, about to say. Yeah, so it's like I don't know where their priorities are in terms of acknowledging legitimate athletic accomplishments and things that just garner clicks. Yeah. yeah. So there were a few I put forward and they denied them and then when I did get the ones accepted, you either have to pay for everything in terms of having an adjudicator sent over to measure it and say that's it thumbs up and give you the certificate cool you've achieved it or you have to do it all yourself which is a massive amount of paperwork and things and you know it could be worth it in terms of what your goals are for getting the record getting recognition from a more general audience and stuff uh, getting the certificate but i think just kind of assess if there's one that the calisthenics community all accept as a record and you have your own process for doing it and that's enough for you then i would yeah, stick to that you make good points you make good points to be honest you know Guinness world record book has a very good business model i just realized mm. <laughs> they don't know anything they just <laughs> their content gets thrown at them they accept it. They let them pay for it for everything, and they just film it and they put it on a YouTube channel, and they earn a fuck ton of money. Mm. And then you might go That's... to the effort of setting it and everything, and because you've not provided a worthy witness by their standards, or yeah. it wasn't filmed properly to this. I feel like a front lever would be pretty easy though to measure. But let's just say, um, like for my highest standing back tuck, there was some things to do with how it was measured where it wasted my time having filmed it and everything uh to do with their wording and my interpretation etc but you know like you might do all that and then they deny it Uh, yeah it it can be good it can be bad just be aware of what you want to get out of it thank you thank you i had not (laughs) thought about that yeah i've been there (laughs) yeah yeah i've totally forgot you've been there it was awesome the highest backflip has it not been broken uh, yeah I don't. I still don't think it's been broken. Um, probably. Damn, that's I'm, awesome. I'm probably partly, because I've seen people with massive back tucks, man. Like being, yeah, yeah, being yeah. honest, I'm sure there's people that can break this record. It's just the specificity of setting up a rigid bar. And yeah, that one sucks. When I saw you it. doing that, <laughs> yeah. When I saw you doing it, I was like, okay, highs back, let's see it. And I was like, whoa, but that's an annoying way of doing it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, you completely oh. have to change your style to do it, your yeah. technique. It's like, uh, uh, what do you call that? High jumping. With the yeah, yeah. Thing, whatever. Like a standing high oh. jump. Oh, yeah, yeah. The standing, yeah, yeah, like that one. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. But, um, oh, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're gonna say about it um yeah it's probably one of the reasons it's not been broken is because it's so friggin fiddly 
to apply for a Guinness yeah. World Record. And, Good for you, though. And to sit up and learn the technique for going over a bar, lay, doing a yeah, layout yeah, yeah. pretty much, and tuck in at the last second. But um, yeah, because you you did like an open layout with your legs spread. I remember. Yeah, just and then to tuck in real hard. Yeah, it's all yeah. about like, just fuck. throwing your body over and delaying to yeah. that last second. But um. Oh, that's scary yeah, man. as hell, man. Because I can do, I can do pack tucks, but it's bro not like that oh man i i feel like i'm due to get back into my tumbling again the lower back injury has been why i've kind of stayed away from it yeah so you have the same thing when you do a lot of flips your lower back starts hurt um it's more if it's because you know how tumbling can be powerful yeah it's like Um, yeah and i put a lot of emphasis on the hip extension if i'm doing back tucks and stuff that explosiveness Uh. can throw it out I feel so I've stayed away from that for a little bit now and I haven't been to a gymnastics center for a long time so I've not had anything to kind uh, of okay. uh, be a catalyst to me starting it up again um, one thing yeah, I wanted just... to ask you about man was a couple months ago I think you put up a video of your training with Yuri Van Gelder yeah, yeah, yeah. does that happen often or is that like a one-time thing no we're bros you are <laughs> uh yeah no we are kind of um and does he go by yuri so, or lambertus uh lambertus was was a temporary thing but his name is yuri okay so yeah what yeah. is it like training with someone who's so highly regarded in the not just the gymnastics well, and ring specialist world but i'm sure also the calisthenics world yeah it was awesome dude i was like he was my idol forever and then uh two years ago or one year ago maybe it was i met him for the first time and uh, well, basically, I sent a message to his coach because he was on Instagram. I said, yo, can I join your guys one day? That would be dope. And he was like, yeah, 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 totally. Come in, come in. Wow. Did you have there. to flash any um, like qualifications of your own? Or were they just like... I mean, like, he saw yeah. my Instagram. He saw, he was like, oh, cool inverted muscle up. Oh, that's really awesome. Wow. I was like, okay. That's awesome. so cool. And I was like, okay, let's do this, let's do this. And I got there and then he shaked my hand. I was like, oh shit, this guy's buff. <laughs> I was like, is he? Oh he's man, he's so, he's so buff. Massive. I mean, he's not he that he's so... not that tall, but he's No, but he's buff. Yeah. And he's maintained yeah. it for so long too. Yes. And then we started I started seeing him on the rings, Maltesing, planching, easy. Like, easy game, bro. You had no idea. He did sets. Sets of ring routines. Who does that? Oh, the stuff he does is insane. And yeah. to maintain it like that. And does he... Do, do you know if he does actively... Um, tra- does he actively train that every week? Or can he kind of take a break <clears throat> and come back? Because he's been doing it so long. Uh... So when he takes a break, he loses a lot of muscle mass, but it's also because he stops eating enough. Yeah. So he, uh, there was one of the sessions we had when he was suddenly very skinny. I was like, whoa, what happened, bro? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah, I took two weeks off. This has never happened to me in my life. I've never taken two weeks off. Wow. Yeah, bro. That's not, it's not good for your body, bro. Look at you. You're skinny. So two <laughs> like, weeks. Don't worry about it. I'll get it difference. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also doesn't, <clears throat> I feel like he doesn't eat enough when he does that. Uh, whereas I... So I had a month off. I didn't. I almost lost no weight because I was like, I took so much protein. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think he does that. Um, but he was like five percent body fat when I saw him mm. at that. He was so like. There's no. There's only skin. He I, might, always, I always thought that was bodybuilding only. But he's like this guy lives that life. Wow. 
he might just naturally not care much about eating. Yeah. Some people just don't need much. I mean, we we have a WhatsApp group where we throw in food, and like I'm like, yo, I'm just eating this dinner <laughs> kebab right now. If you guys were here, he's like, damn, that's awesome. I'm 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 just having fish, and he just shows the fish, and then he loves fish. <laughs> I learned about that. Just white fish on a white plate. With yeah, probably else. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just fish, bro. <laughs> no, but but he's really cool. Um, it's interesting though because you would think that Eurofengelder is the strongest person, but he isn't in pulling. In pulling. He is very average in pulling. And no offense to you, Yuri, but you know this <laughs> if he watches this. But uh, he can't hold a front lever. Really? Yeah. That seems hard yeah, to like, believe, man. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a front lever on the rings. I was holding it for a while, so you know, back then I wasn't injured, so front lever was a game for me. <clears throat> and then he said, "I can't do that." Like he said, I so I was up in the rings, and I and I just turned my head around, watching him like, like uh, the Exorcist, you know, just watching like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean you can't do that?" I was like, "I can't." It's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, still in the front lever. I'm just talking to this guy. <laughs> like, what? What? what I, I was so like, I was so shocked that I just stayed in there. I was like, "What do you mean?" So I just I just can't look, and then he did it. I just by this point I got out of the front lever, and he did one, and he couldn't. I was like, "Whoa!" Now he can hold it for three seconds. Wow. But that was interesting to I guess, see. I guess so, that's all he needs. Can he like pull up through it for his routines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he can do. But he just can't hold but it for a long time. He, it's a specific work. If he would focus on it, he could get twenty seconds easy. Oh, for sure. But, but it's just interesting not, to see. That's so weird. It's not naturally there, given all the other things he can do, holding his body right, out. Right? And his, his lats are huge. <laughs> it's so big. By another nothing compared to his. But then he struggles with a lever, I guess. And he admired me for that. I was like, oh, man, you're so strong at pulling. So what do you mean? You're a god. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like one of the gods. Of, do um, not acknowledge me, okay? Strength. Do not do that. I don't feel comfortable. So you guys can both learn off each other in that way then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we also had planche uh, competitions with each other. But the funny thing is he would have had done 30 sets of ring multis and shit. And then he would try to max out a planche with me. And I would win, of course, because he just did 30 sets. 30 sets. But he's so humble about it. He doesn't even mention it. He's like, ah, oh, you won again. Like, what? No. That's so I did cool. not win. You... Shut up, bitch. Like, <laughs> almost like, what do you mean? Are you, are you doing this on purpose? Making me feel bad? Is, is, is uh, there anything you noticed training with him that kind of separates him as an athlete? Is there anything he does kind of different, which you can see works to his advantage? What's made him so great to all of us? Um, he is very careful. He is extremely careful. Uh, he would not try something he has never done before. Oh, okay. So um, he so, does he have a very uh, paced way of working towards his yeah skills yeah. It's and basically strength. it's basically if I would tell him do a bench press now, he would say nah. I'm not gonna. It's like what? <laughs> he he is afraid of muscle soreness. That's oh, something he told okay. me. He says, uh, I don't want to feel that because that's different. And I, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing because it's working well. To always feel fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so he's he's been 
yeah, it's it, it's interesting because he just has this inherent fear for injuries, I guess. And he's he's been injured in the past, a uh, shoulder operation, shit. But that was when he was twenty three, I think. But now he's been so long injury free, so that's really good for him. How old is he now? Thirty seven, I think. Thirty six. And he's not been injured so. since twenty three, or is he's just having well, a good big, run? Not big injuries, I think. Wow. Um, maybe some wrist stuff. He has weird wrists. Yeah, I would almost but, expect uh, an elite athlete, a competitive elite athlete, to have injuries. It just seems a given. I always say, yeah. it, like, I think people think an athlete is the pillar of health. They're the, no, they're the no, most healthy form of person. And athletes I'm like, are unhealthy. Yeah, I'm like, no, the, an, ath, an elite athlete is abnormally good at something. They're outside the realm of what's normal, which means there's going to be stresses that the body has to adjust to, and a lot of the times has trouble adjusting to. They've got yeah. yeah most athletes will have a lot of injuries. They all they most of them always have an injury. They always work around something. Yeah, always. Um, yeah. More so in contact sports, but um, I think across. Of course. Yeah, I think across everything, calisthenics, Olympic lifting. But you have gifted people sometimes that. Uh, just don't and those are the ones that excel because eventually it's not even it's not even a battle against how much progress you can make it's just a battle against how how much you, you get injured mm. it's like who gets who gets more injured and then the people who get more injured just don't win and the people who don't get injured win yeah it's yeah, like 100%. like in a lot of sports like that's like that and then you have these gifted uh people who just don't get injured as often and then they excel mm. So do you um, do you do anything specific when it comes to you've got your training? Do you do anything mm-hmm. specific for recovery or for your diet? <clears throat> so recovery. So we were talking about that. And, uh, I didn't finish that. I forgot. What I'm doing now is I'm very slowly increasing intensity and volume to my training. Yeah. Um, be- because you know. I've been injured. I can't do the things I used to do because I'm also afraid because if I just end up doing like 50 kilo pull-ups for reps, I'm afraid I get injured. So right now I'll just add two and a half kilo every, every now and then. I yeah. just add that when I feel, when I'm like, okay, this is fine. It's safe. Let's do that. So at this point, I'm just <clears throat> adding volume to everything. Uh, rehab wise, I just make sure I do my rotator cuff work. Uh, and and uh, I have a massage gun, so every now and then I use that to loosen myself up. Oh, you, do you like that? Because I've been thinking of getting one of those. They're nice. They're really nice. You should get one. You should get one. Yeah. yeah. Just don't get uh, a real one. Just make it yourself. Oh, okay. So much, so much cheaper. I'll I'll send you a guidelines. It's so it's so much cheaper, bro. It's like it's four times better, maybe even. Yeah. <laughs> and still cheaper. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> because what. What they're did, what they're doing is they take a jigsaw, they slap on a name, and that's it. That's the that's their thing. Mm. It's just a jigsaw, but because they call it a massage gun, it's more expensive. Mm. I get it. That's good marketing. Yeah, <clears throat> but and it's, it's essentially it's it, exactly jigsaw. What has it replaced in your toolkit for recovery? <clears throat> Does it nothing, replace nothing. anything it's, uh, or it adds to? No, it's additional. It's additional. Okay, so you would still it, use say a lacrosse ball. You would still yeah. use foam rolling. You would still use like a theracane for certain things. Yeah. This just adds yeah. to it. And is it to it. just help to loosen up the muscles on off days or is it to prep <clears throat> before you start well, your training? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you stretch, 
uh, during an, uh, your training, there is inhibition, like uh, force output inhibition. Uh, your muscles just cannot exert as much force once they're stretched for 25 minutes. Yeah. Depending on how long you stretch. It's like, uh, I think around 30, 60 seconds is when that happens. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to stretch within a workout without losing performance. Not with this baby. <laughs> you can just pinpoint a muscle. It blasts it. Just, you blast that muscle away. And what it does is it inhibits, like it, it relaxes the muscle. You can, you can still use it, but it relaxes it. Like, uh, it just breaks it loose for some reason. Like, it's not as hypertone as as it was before. Okay. And then, uh, and there's also uh, one thing I, I don't know too much about, but my coach told me about this, um, about it having a, uh, what do you call that? So, it sort of distracts that local area from pain, something like that. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, it has to do with vibrations of the skin, and then that that effect just takes over all the nerves, like the output, like changes completely. I know I don't know exactly how it works, but I got a gist of it, so I didn't ask more because I was tired yeah. back then. <laughs> I know those but, conversations. Uh, all, all, yeah. yeah, yeah. All I know is <laughs> all it vibrates the skin, and then pain can't seem to come back because the vibration is taking over the sensation. Okay. And uh, it works, works well. Yeah, it works for you. And what yeah, about especially for that psychological part? What about um, supplements? <clears throat> oh, supplements, bro. I, I, um, so, so here, here's the thing. I want to keep a very flexible diet. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I take three protein shakes a day. Okay, I take uh, my protein shakes are awesome. They contain so my morning shake is also my breakfast. Uh, just, just instant oats. It's just uh, oat powder, uh, a scoop of whey, a scoop of casein, casein protein. Do you know it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Vitamin C and collagen. That's that's my morning shake. Yep. I take that. Then my post workout shake is uh, everything except the oats, plus creatine. And then my evening shake is everything except the oats and the creatine and the whey. So it's casein only with collagen and vitamin C. Oh, okay. And how long have you been having those? <coughs> Two, three years. Uh, Consistently. Right. Um, um, and so what that does is I always hit my protein target, which is nice. Yeah. Because now I can eat whatever I want. And so what I do next to that, I have my vitamins. So I have a multivitamin. I have omega-3 uh, fish oil pills, vitamin D, fully massed magnesium citrate. Mm -hmm. And with that, I take care of all my micronutrients, <clears throat> pretty much, not completely. And so all I need to do is have maybe a salad on a day, and for the rest of the day, I can eat whatever I want. So cool. Do you eat a lot more, or it's just kind of so you have the flexibility to eat? I have the else? flexible the flexibility. So when I'm bulking, I can eat whatever I want. When I'm cutting, I can still eat whatever I want. I can, so I could practically I could have like one pizza to, during a cut, and that would be my diet. Mm. You know. Because I get around 500 to, I think I get 800 calories in for my shakes. Mm. A pizza would be 1,000, so that's 1,800. Maybe I ate a salad, that's 200, 2,000. Oh, I actually, I usually cut around 2,800, so I would have to eat another pizza. <laughs> but that would be my cut. <laughs> well, if I have to, I'll eat another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's, it, it's a very flexible diet. But those those are all my supplements. Um, 
usually I still eat healthy. So like I have my rice with chicken, with curry, stuff like that. I really like cooking. Yeah. But uh, it's good to have that flexibility and be like, I don't have to think about diet. I'm not the type. I'm not the athlete that goes to a uh, restaurant with a Tupperware. Like, yeah, right. uh, I can still I can still order and be and do not care at all because I'm like I hit everything. It's fine. Yeah, the collagen is the most interesting <clears throat> part of that to me because have it, you there seems, heard of it? Yeah, because there seems to be uh, debate on whether it's bullshit to try and supplement and ingest collagen, <clears throat> and then the other mm-hmm. side talks about how great it is for you yeah. did you do any research beforehand and did you um, do kind of a trial period and felt like you felt better on it what made you decide to i add didn't that yeah that was a recommendation by my coach and uh he read it from research um basically it needs to be hydrolyzed collagen for one for the reason of it not being digested properly so you need hydrolyzed with vitamin c otherwise it doesn't get didn't digest it properly. So that's one of the important things to remember. The, and, uh, and so the you reason, need to have vitamin C along with it, do you? Yes. Or it's suggested you need to, to have, have that. vitamin C along with it. Well, the, the studies have been done with vitamin C and not without. So we cannot conclude, we cannot extrapolate from there. We can't say without vitamin C, it has the same effects. So you might as well just take vitamin C. Okay. I wonder why they would have done that. It must have like a similar complex to vitamin well, C and vitamin iron. C, uh, yeah, vitamin C is, uh, is supposed to have, uh, is supposed to help with the... Absorption. I'm not sure if it helps with the di- with the absorption or it helps with the remodeling of the college of like the collagen whatever. Okay. Uh, connective tissue, but uh, I, I it, it's explained in a paper I think. If you're just typing gelatine, uh, vitamin C in PubMed, you should probably find it. Okay. Uh, it's been done in older people I think only. Older people. Uh, it helped with the uh, helped with uh, so, you know battle, battling sarcopenia, which is basically muscles dying in a way. Uh, <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> but um, my coach he was uh, an extremely strong dude uh, until his triceps blew up. Basically, his tricep tendons. He was walking outside, getting up. to his car. God damn it! Now, well, what happened is uh, his, uh, a guy opened up his car door and it got against his uh, elbow and then it shattered his tricep tendons oh, damn it <clears throat> it sucks you know how strong this guy was all that and he did... a friggin accident like that yeah 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 it. you know you know what he did he could do 50 kilo dips with 50 reps so 50 reps with 50 kilo at it he was 100 kilo so he could he could shredder plant for 56 seconds Wait, he, weighed, 100 he weighed 100 kilos? Yes! Oh he could grow 100 kilo strict. Jesus. This this magnificent of a beast died, basically, the day that door had opened. Does he, this so, guy have an Instagram? Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have anything because this was like 15 years ago, all, everything he did. Because oh. he's 37 now. Yeah. And back then, it wasn't that common to film yourself. It yeah. was just... You know, you, you didn't have your iPhone or anything. You just had camera f- cameras. So, you, so you, who the hell brings a camera to the gym? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. Uh, and he's that injury, you know, it's been there for like five to ten years, I think. It just couldn't, he couldn't get it uh, away. And his career was basically over in the training area until he started taking collagen with vitamin C. And then rapid improvements within a year, he could do uh, push-ups again. It's mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I can, I can do dips now. Now he can do dips, weighted dips and shit. But it's still very weak compared to what he used to be. Well, yeah, <clears> but, I mean, um, even if you were healthy at 37, you're going to have some 
uh, yeah, some strength. And he's also loss. a doctor in, in in the USA, so it's like you don't have time then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's played to be wonderful. That's that's a tragic story though, man. The fact that it is. an accident like that. Which can be how it happens for a lot of people getting an injury. Something completely mundane and nothing to do with your training undoes yeah. your whole training. Yeah. Man, that would suck. Yeah, I feel terrible for him. Yeah. But he he trains people now and that makes him happy. He's still got all that knowledge and he's passing it on to people like you who are representing exactly. him so amazingly. I'm, I'm so happy with that. So I'm like, I'm, I'm blessed to uh, to have him teach me. You know. Yeah, man. Um, so, what about future projections? Where what are you training for at the moment? Uh, so, <clears throat> I have to decide if I'm still going for the front lever record. Uh, if I if I am, then I just need to do more specific front lever work. Yeah, uh, meaning less time for other stuff. So more skill. I mean, you'd still be like you'd be <clears throat> focusing on that skill part, or would there be any? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It would also be uh, more pulling work. Okay. In my training routine. Uh, but if my other goals, my bigger goals are uh, a Van Gelder on rings, for sure. A what, sorry? Uh, also, a Van Gelder on rings. That's um, from Maltese to back lever, pressing back to Maltese and full planche. Oh, love that. Yeah, it's a beautiful movement. Yeah, so you haven't had that yet, or you're getting it back? No, no, I don't. I, I don't have that. I have never had that one. That one's really hard. Even within the Shri workout community, there, there are maybe two people who I can who can actually probably do it well. And even without within the Olympic gymnast gymnast area, there's not many people who can do it. It's uh it's a really difficult movement. That'd be amazing. So Yeah, I would be it would be cool if I could do it in front of Yuri van Gelder because it's his element. So oh, if he man. could just give me a yeah. thumbs up after that, that would be like the dream. <laughs> so that would be so good. Yeah, that's my dream. Uh furthermore Victorian stuff. I'm really strong in pulling. Uh, Victorian, I I have a lot of shots in doing some cool things that have never been done before. Uh, so the front lever to Victorian. So a Victorian, front lever, Victorian is a dream that I have. Uh, I th- I think it should wow. be doable. I think it really is. It's just, you need to, just like the Fungelda, you need to use the stretch reflex. Yeah. And, um, and you've got plenty of time as well. Being only 22, you've got yeah. so much time to work on these things. That you I just are. hope medicine doesn't... Uh, take over my life all oh, right i completely forgot about that the, uh, the dark horse Hel- yeah. helping no, other I think, people i think i can uh, shit <laughs> i think i can manage i uh medicine's much easier in europe than uh anywhere else okay yeah it's really doable here oh cool man. it's not like uh but I, I have to see like i'm still not in my rotations which is like in half a year so i'll see see, see if i'm still talking like this yeah just see how it plays out well, man, I yeah, should um, but I, go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to get so strong that I can just do my workouts within my rotations. You know what I mean? Just instead of doing uh, weighted push-ups, I just do full planche push-ups for 20 reps, something like that. What was the start of that? I just cut out on the first part of your oh, sentence. Then. Yeah, so I want to get so strong that I can do my workouts during my rotations. Ah, uh, what, like at That's the That's one of my goals. Yes, because, because uh, I need to replace everything i'm doing with weights now with body weight right if i can and then then of course the the issue is so why would i not even do full body weight workouts because your elbows and etc your joints can't keep up with that Mm. Uh, you can't get as much volume in 
with those movements as you want to because there's there you know stuff that prevents you from doing that like elbows mm. <laughs> uh that's why we're doing it with the easier movements in our program mm. that'd be awesome so, man um, if someone's in their like hospital bed and they're like dr dr muhammad we'll see you now and you're wheeled <laughs> in on in a straddle planche i've you're looked like, at sorry, your man, chart sorry man just gotta do it sit <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good you will never be able to planche but legs like those those are too big <laughs> no yeah uh, well, i'm, no, that, I'm sure you'll make it work man yeah it's it's my dream man i just i i'm gonna go for it it's like i spend my entire youth on it so i might as well just go <laughs> keep going forward with it yeah just keep pushing yeah. and it'd be awesome to have you back on again man when you've uh it, it, will you have been yeah. graduated in six months or you'll just be starting the part where there's more practical to your medicine? Yeah, in six months, I start the Scrubs Life. Okay. Yeah, right. So I'll be JD. Cool, man. Well, we'll catch up again <laughs> around that point. Yeah. Um, this has been an awesome conversation, man. I've really appreciated having you on and it's been Same really well, interesting everything you've been saying. So I hope it helps a lot of other people out there that are listening. Um if other people or people listening want to learn more about you, where can they find you? And if you have anything to plug? Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of free articles. The coach and I have a company named Labco Fitness. Uh, you can check articles for free on, on planche, front lever, uh, pants and push-ups, whatever. And we have podcasts there also free. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Everything that has podcast-related things, you can find us there. And uh, just check us, check us out, man, on Lepco Fitness. And if you want to do the same program I'm doing, we're selling it with a form and everything. So you can check that out, too. It's a reasonable price. So just check it out. If you don't want to, check the free articles then. You know, it's all fine. Awesome. And your Instagram is Yad Muhammad, Y-A-A-D-M-O-H-A-M-M-A-D. And you can send me yes. all the links through for the stuff that you just spoke about, man. And I'll put it in the description for the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Sweet, man. Thanks so much for coming on and good luck with everything with medicine and your front lever world record and getting the, uh, is it back lever? You drop to back lever and then Maltese and then planche. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, when you start in a back lever, it's a it's a Zanetti. But when you start in Maltese and you bounce out of a back lever, it's a Fungalder. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Well, good man. I'll be uh, I'll be cheering you on and uh, get that thumbs thanks. up from Yuri. Thank you, man. All right, thanks, Yard.